Welcome to the Game Day Tailgate Show with Black and Abdallah. Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. All right, Abdallah, here we go. Week 18 in the NFL. The Chicago Bears travel to Lambeau Field. The face-off against the hated Green Bay Packers. 325 kickoff. You'll hear the game right here on ESPN 1000. The game is for all of the cheese curds, Abdallah. (laughs) As the Bears are looking to go north to beat their rival and to kick the Packers out of the playoffs because with the Packers win today, they get into the playoffs That's at stake in this contest. And then also for our Chicago Bears, a chance to perhaps change some of the narrative around the head coach, the quarterback, and the future of this team. It's all on the table today. There's so much going on in this game, Chris, and and you can like, like, I'll, I'll start naming things that are on the line in this game. One, Justin Fields' future is probably the most important. That's on the line in this game. If he goes up there, this is not a highly ranked defense. This is a defense that's given up a ton of yards and a ton of points. I know they didn't against the uh, the Vikings on Sunday Night Football last week. That was against two backup quarterbacks. This is against Justin Fields. This is against DJ Moore. This is against Cole Komet, who looks like he's going to play. It was reported that he's going to play today. So, to me, Justin Fields' future is number one, right? It's all been reported the past few weeks that Matt Eberflus looks like he's going to be back. Even Adam Schefter last night in his article about coaches moving forward, he threw his name into the hat of saying that, along with Ian Ravaport and everybody else that we've been hearing from, saying that it's more than likely that Matt Eberflus is going to be back next year. Win or lose, most likely, right? Unless it's completely catastrophic like it was in week one, we all kind of assume that Matt Eberflus is going to be back. Then, what you're building... So that's two things. Matt Eberflus's future, Justin Fields' future, and then what you're building for the future. You know, going back to this day last year, this last week of games last year, and the Lions going into Lambeau Field on uh, Sunday Night Football and beating the Packers and knocking them out of the playoffs when they had nothing to play for. And then they became the it team, right? All that momentum after starting one and six. Basically the same thing the Bears did. They start 0-4. Now they add Montez Sweat. They're one of the best defenses in the NFL. They're rattling off all these wins. Justin Fields has drawn more attention now that he could be back and potentially, you know, you could trade that first overall pick. But momentum going into the end of the season and going into next season. Not only that, but this could be their third division win. After not winning a single division game, you've beaten the Lions, you've beaten the Vikings, and now you have a chance to do something that hasn't been done in a very long time, is going up to Lambeau Field and beating your rival, and not only doing that, but keeping them out of the playoffs. There is so much at stake for what's going to transpire up at Lambeau Field at 325, that this is, without having playoff implications on the line, this might be the most important, it's definitely the most important game of the season, but it might be one of the most important games for the people involved at the top of this franchise and at the most important positions in this franchise moving forward. And look at the way that the franchise views this specific rivalry. It's the Bears looking at the Packers as the most important opponent that you have to beat on a yearly basis. The Bears have lost nine straight games to the Green Bay Packers. And quite honestly, this is an era of Packers football that isn't completely dominant when it comes to the rest of the league. Yes, the Packers have an opportunity to make the playoffs once again today with a win, but this isn't championship-level Packer teams in the last nine. 
that are getting it done, right? Like there have been flaws in the teams that Aaron Rodgers was quarterbacking. There's been flaws in the team with Jordan Love at quarterback this season. And so that's what I think is so uh, detrimental to the coaching staff and some of these players is that this Packers squad in this era of Packers football is not far of leading the Packers to championships or Aaron Rodgers and Clay Matthews and, and Charles Woodson leading the Packers to a championship. Like it's not the same type of team. And I, I think that's why you're right. Listing off all the reasons to why this is such an important game today. And, and quite honestly, if you boil it down to this specific season, we've seen Matt Eberflus get some division wins against the Vikings and the Lions. He needs to beat the Green Bay Packers. We know it's important to ownership and the higher level executives within the Chicago Bears that that's important. I also think that would be important entering the offseason, leaving on a high, beating your rival. I mean, the way this season started was absolute trash. You know, yesterday afternoon, uh, early afternoon, Bears Packers week one was on the NFL Network. I sat there and watched the game. Mm -hmm. There's no European soccer to watch, no EPL to watch. So I was sitting there watching Bears Packers. (laughs) The game in the second half was pathetic. Yeah. Uh, It it was bad from the offensive side of things. Justin Fields threw a terrible interception. He also tried to escape from the pocket and he bobbled the ball off of his leg and then fumbled it, which turned on a short field right for the Packers to score again. Jones was uh, unstoppable, essentially, on on the offensive side for the Packers. You know, those screen plays that always get the Bears' defense. The Green Bay Packers were legit in week one, and they blew the Bears out in that game. And it was bad. It was bad taste in our mouths. And I think the way that we looked at it as Bears fans is that was a problem, and it lingered for like a month of the season. That Packers win against the Bears. It would be nice if the Bears could flip it today, up at Lambeau, and then, you know, turn the tide. And and I don't know if the Bears, if they win a game today and look good, I don't know if that turns them into a Lions squad from last year 2.0. I don't think people are going to go into the offseason saying, hey, the Bears, Super Bowl contender next year. I mean, we heard that in the summer about the Detroit Lions this year. Yeah. That the Lions were rolling at the end of last season and that this could be a sleeper Super Bowl team yeah. heading into this year, this current season. I don't think that that's going to happen for this Playoff Bears team squad. for sure, though. But yeah, I mean, that's where the expectation has to be for next year is that the Bears make the playoffs. I mean, you were pretty close this year, all things considering. You were eliminated in week 17. Mm-hmm. So you you made it to the end of December before you were eliminated. And essentially, if things would have broke your way in a couple of games, you would have been right there in the situation that the Packers are in today where you win in the final week and you get in. So, I mean, it's all on the table. And the future of the quarterback and the head coach, I think it's still up in the air at this moment. I think the, the coach is safe unless something crazy happens. If well, Jim we, we've if, seen bad attempts yeah. at Bears uh, well. trying to beat the Packers in recent years. And if they get embarrassed later this afternoon... I could see all that feel-good momentum that Eberflus has garnered in the last month and a half to kind of go out the window if the Packers put up a game like 38-6. to six. Yeah, you know, I could if, see that. If that happens, I, I don't know if Eberflus would be safe tomorrow. I could see that. I, I could also see, you know, if uh, Jim Harbaugh makes a phone call or if you make a phone call to Jim Harbaugh and say, hey, we got the number one pick, we got all this cap space, right. we got a great defense already, you want to come here? And if he says yes, then yeah, you you obviously upgrade your coach if you can. But I think this is more a game for Justin Fields that if he plays well, 
will make the decision even harder, right? It's not just a conversation about Justin Fields or Caleb Williams or Justin Fields or Drake May. I mean, watching the game yesterday, last night, Texans and Colts, the way that C.J. Stroud played has to put something in the back of the minds of, you know, Ryan Poles, of Matt Eberflus, if he's still here, of Kevin Warren and saying, hey, like, we can't pass up another quarterback that could end up being a top five, top 10 quarterback. I don't know what CJ Stroud is ultimately going to end up. You know, they're going to, they made the playoffs. We're going to see him in at least one playoff game. And then, you know, maybe next year he regresses back. Maybe not. Maybe CJ Stroud is a top 10 quarterback moving forward. He's the next it guy. He could be. That's what he is. He's the next. He very well could be. Um, And saying that you're going to stick with fields and not draft Caleb Williams or another quarterback. I don't know if, Ryan Poles and, and the coaching staff are going to be able to do that. That's for the offseason. Right now, Justin Fields can make that decision even harder for them if he goes out and plays like he did against the Falcons and beats the Green Bay Packers. Well, and let's not uh, ignore that the front office and Ryan Poles, the GM, they were the ones here last offseason. They're the ones that didn't take C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Because you, you can lay it out the way that you did. I'm not going to forget that we were talking and it was reported heading into last year's draft that they're going to stick with fields unless they were blown away by a quarterback. CJ Stroud seems worthy of blowing away GMs. And he's definitely been great this season. Yeah. And he led his team to the playoffs. You passed on that. Yeah. So do you trust Ryan Poles to make that right decision in this draft class to choose the right player to be the next it guy? Yeah. I mean, I think it's easy to forget that the Bears could have drafted okay. C.J. Stroud. And who and, and who who would he be throwing to? You wouldn't have D.J. Moore. That's not what the conversation is. No, it is. The conversation because, is no, you decided to pass up no, because on if a quarterback. You, because if you take C.J. Stroud. You did the and you didn't take the quarterback. No, 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 no. You have to look at what they ended up with. They ended up with another first overall pick. They ended up with, CJ, with, with D.J. Moore. They ended up with Darnell Wright. They ended up with another pick. Like, there's so much more that they added that's not C.J. Stroud. But like, they, you have they could to, do that in this year's draft. They wouldn't the, have. But the they wouldn't is, have had that first overall pick if they have C.J. Stroud. The point is, they had the number one pick, and they, they did the homework on the quarterbacks, and they said these guys are okay. not the guys, so we're going to stick with Fields. What's the guarantee when they do the research on Williams or May or Knicks or uh, uh, Daniel or any of these quarterbacks coming out that they're going to make the right decision? Yeah. I'm not saying that, but you can't just say it was C.J. Stroud or nobody. He was nobody. a player taking the next pick I under- that the Bears could have had. I understand that, but they also wouldn't have everything that they have right now. Well, I get that they have all that stuff. My point is that that same person is going to make the decision on this quarterback okay. class, and he made the decision on last quarterback class that C.J. Stroud wasn't the guy. And maybe he'll look at this quarterback class and say, I can't pass up on someone. I don't think that they were. they weren't looking for a quarterback last year. So if they, they did their homework and they said, look, Justin Fields, building another year with Justin Fields, getting DJ Moore, getting a, 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 a first round pick next year that now ended up being the first overall pick from the Panthers, adding Darnell Wright. And when you move down and get a, a stud tackle that's going to be there for the next decade, hopefully, as one of the best tackles in the NFL. Like to me, that is I don't if you're not looking for a quarterback, you can't pass up on a quarterback. They claimed that. Unless they were blown away by a quarterback. Yeah. They would have gone with a quarterback. And they weren't blown away. Right. That's, just, that's my point. Okay. They weren't blown away by a guy that just took his team to the playoffs last night. 
and he, he's likely to win the offensive rookie of the year. Okay, and, and he seems like the next it quarterback. And if they stick with Fields and he improves and he leads them to the playoffs next year, what's the difference? No, you have, D, you have DJ you Moore, you have Darnell well, Wright. That's my point. Is that there? It, it's an unknown, and there's no guarantee. Saying that you're going to use the number one pick, you theoretically did the homework last year. You yeah. didn't. Did you solve the quarterback situation? No, because we're back in the same exact spot that we were in last year. I think they're a better. They're a much better team than they were last year. We're not in the At exact same spot. At quarterback. At quarterback, they still could have their decision made. They could say we're sticking with Fields and building around him. And that's the way they're going to go. And then hopefully at some point, Fields is better than C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Or your team is better. If your entire team is better and, and you make it farther than the Texans do, then I don't know if it matters. If the team is better, the defense is better, your weapons are better. Everything is better. Black and Abdallah here on a Sunday, hanging out with you, and we'll take your phone calls at 312-332-3776. Daryl, on the south side, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Daryl? Hey, first of all, I want to say I, I totally agree that you can't talk about C.J. Stroud and not talk about the, the uh, adding of Moody to the uh, passing game. You can't, you can't talk about one without having the other. I mean, that, that, that doesn't exist. And if we trade the first round pick, we need we need wide receivers. I don't care what quarterback you have, if you don't have wide receivers, you're not gonna be successful anyway. I mean if the forty ers could have Joe Montana and still trade for Steve Young, clearly we should be able to go out there and draft a quarterback. But the question is, even if we get these guys, what's the infrastructure that we have to build a top level program anyway? Thanks, guys. Thanks for the phone call, Daryl. Appreciate it. We go to Daniel in Naperville. You're on ESPN one thousand. What's up, Daniel? Hey guys, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. How um, much? So, I not why I call, but what's the infrastructure? So we've got DJ Moore building an offensive line, and you got a pretty good tight end. So you're not the cupboards here are not barren for a quarterback. I mean, this whole idea that the Bears, regardless of how they feel about quarterbacks, should trade the pick and just get like all pros at every position on offense, so that Fields doesn't have to be good is significantly flawed. And Fields is not the guy. He can't throw. He's not a good passer. He's not He's not the guy. Now, whether or not, you know, Caleb Williams or whoever is the guy, like, I, that's not what I'm saying. If Poles thinks that one of these guys is a franchise quarterback, you take that guy. I mean, it's, for, for me, it's pretty, like, open and shut. No, Daniel, I, if, he goes, call, Daniel, if he goes it. through the pre-draft process and – you know, solidifies that Caleb Williams or Drake May or whoever it is, Jaden Daniels, then whoever it is, then sure, take him. I'm of a, I'm more of a fan right now, and we'll see how Justin Fields plays today, of either trading back and getting more for that first-round pick and still taking a quarterback, or if you believe in Fields, if they believe in Fields, trading back and getting another wide receiver, adding a defensive end, and adding first-round picks for the next two years, which you could do. Uh, quarterback FOMO. I mean, that, that's what I've been looking at this entire uh, last couple months. People are sick of Justin Fields, and they have FOMO of not getting that next guy. And if we make the argument that the Bears missed on C.J. Stroud, does that mean you have to go take a quarterback in this year's draft? We'll take your phone calls at 312-332-3776. Black Abdallah getting you ready for Bears-Packers. ESPN Chicago. Chicago. It's the Game Day Tailgate Show with Black Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. Black Abdallah on a Sunday getting you ready for Bears and Packers. 
can listen to the game right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Talking about Justin Fields, his future, what should the Bears do? Will today's game against the Packers factor in whether or not Justin Fields is here for the long term? We go to Brian on the south side. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Brian? Hey, how you doing? Good morning. Good morning. I was calling it. I was calling to say that I think everybody's looking at this thing wrong with the order of the draft, uh, picking Caleb Williams from the subliminal message that he's been sending. What if he decides not to come to the Bears? Because if you look at the top order of the draft, four out of the six teams are cold-weather teams. And we already know he's a California guy that's not used to the weather. So what if he tried to pull a Eli Manning, which he did um, – when he got drafted, said he didn't want to play for the Giants, didn't want to play for San Diego, but would rather go to the Giants. And I think we should keep fields and build around fields because we're not going to get either receiver, which we need at number 10, if we don't trade the pick. Well, I was wondering what do you guys think about that. Yeah, Brian, let, let's clear that up. He's not a California kid. He's from Washington, D.C. So I don't think okay. that that's, that's – uh, you can apply that to this situation. No, well, I don't think I don't, so, Brian, because if you look at the top of the draft, the Bears are by far the best team oh, yeah. in the top five who are going to be picking in the draft. The Bears right now have a chance to have eight wins with a lot of momentum heading into this offseason with a really good defense. That's a really good team. Compare that to Washington, New England, Arizona, the Giants. The Bears are by far the best team out of that grouping. And he's not from Southern California. He's from Washington, D.C. He played high school football in D.C. That's where he's from. So the, the cold weather thing, that, that I don't think that factors at all. He, he played, uh, what do you call it, like you said, in D.C. He also would come here where the, they have the best offensive line out of those teams. They have the best weapons out of those teams. They have a chance to draft him and probably take you know where they are, maybe Malik Neighbors or Roma Dunze right there. Not Marvin Harrison Jr. You won't get that. Uh, he won't be there by like 10 or 11 wherever you end up but also i don't know if you saw this chris we playing the social media game we playing social media games here there was a tweet from the bears celebrating the birthday of virginia mccaskey that was on friday she turned 101 and guess who liked the tweet guess who liked it who had happy thumbs Cap- uh caleb williams okay is like, that, liked is that it. something liked it he liked it deal? he liked it he liked the tweet i don't know people were all twitter about it yesterday okay cool <laughs> you don't <laughs> Tim in Mount Prospect. You're he on ESPN like 1000. other owner's birthday tweets. Okay, okay. Hey Good guys. to know. Hey, guys. Love the show. Um, <laughs> Thanks, man. I wanted to go back really quick to, uh, to Stroud and getting drafted. How many GMs do you think, if they had the number one pick last year and needed a quarterback, would have picked Stroud over Bryce Young? Well, the Panthers wanted to until their owner got in the way and yeah, said you're not like, allowed to. Seemed like it's not that crazy to think. A lot of people well, had concerns like, over uh, Bryce Young's size. They did. I watched the combine, and I felt like Stroud was a better pocket passer. His throws were really accurate. We didn't see a lot of Bryce Young, right? He didn't want to do too much. But I just feel like when you make the comment that, well, Poles missed on, on Stroud, is he going to miss again? I honestly think this is, as we know, sometimes it's a crapshoot, and I really think that a lot of GMs would have missed on Stroud, taking number one. I think a lot of them would have missed. And, and that's the thing I think that don't realize, people don't realize is that, you know, we keep saying generational talents, and we know these things could be busts. Looking back, hindsight's twenty twenty. We can all look and say, dude, he totally missed on Stroud. But I think, again, a lot of GMs would, and no GM is perfect, and everyone is, has their own opinions on things, and it's just hard to say that. 
Yeah, here's where I stand on that. And thanks for the call, Tim. I would say I could agree with that idea if C.J. Stroud was drafted like 10th. He was second. Uh, it was a two-quarterback race, and late, yeah. Anthony Richardson was pushing late yeah. to be in the conversation last season. I don't know about that. I, I think C.J. Stroud was the number one or two guy the entire time. He would have been. It was leaked that he had a terrible Wonderlick score, so that was a part of the narrative suggesting that he can't play quarterback at the next it level. It was also that other test he had a really bad score on, too. And, and so outside of that, he he looks the part. He looks like he can play. He he was good in college. Bryce Young is smaller. I, I don't know. I I don't think it's that crazy. He, I, I think teams would have taken C.J. Stroud. He would have He was been second overall. If Dave Tepper didn't have a meeting with Nick Saban before the draft who convinced him to take C.J. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Bryce Young. C.J. Stroud would have been the first overall pick. Yeah. He absolutely would. The GM wanted it, and now the GM might lose his job because he's at odds with the owner. They've already fired their coach. The Panthers are a garbage organization right now. And if they would have had C.J. Stroud, maybe we're talking about them differently, and maybe the Bears don't have that number one pick. Thank God they're a garbage organization because the Bears are going to reap the benefits of that. We go to Steve in Naperville. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Steve? Hey, guys. Uh, one of the things that I was thinking, I mean, obviously they have a lot of ways they could go, and I, they could either do kind of what one of you guys said is go with a couple of guys like maybe Marvin Harrison and either, to me, the offensive line has got to get better. So either you maybe you pick Harrison with one and then you go with the kid from Notre Dame or the Penn State kid. Um, you could go that direction or you could trade it like they did and people are talking about trading to the Raiders and getting – Crosby, but you know, I'm sure they're looking at, and I'd be interested to see what you guys have to say on this. What does the quarterback, you know, candidate look like um, for next year? You know, could so I know you can keep you keep Fields. Maybe you get a Harrison. You get another really good offensive lineman or that edge guy from wherever he is, Georgia. Um, and then if Fields gets better, I know you'd have to pay him. So that's that's on the scale. Is then at that point, then it would cost a ton of money but maybe he's worth it, and then you build, you know, you get two or three studs um, while you keep Fields, or if Fields doesn't work out next year, maybe they're in a position where they could draft another guy, you know, that maybe is better than Caleb Williams, because I'm not, I've seen a little bit of him, but I, I, he doesn't, to me, sound like a sure thing. Just interested in your thoughts on all that. Yeah, thanks for the call, Steve. Yeah, Appreciate Steve. it. I mean, I think it depends on if if Quinn Ewers goes back to school or not. You've got Shador Sanders. You've got Dylan Gabriel, uh, Cam Rising. Like, there's Cam a lot Ward of Ward. Yeah, Washington State. Riley Leonard from Didn't Notre Cam, Dame. Cam Ward declared for this year. Oh, did he? Yeah, okay, I'm yeah looking at he an did. Old list yeah. then. Well, I mean, it, it's. I think you look at a situation. It's tough to tell a year out, and mm-hmm. I know that because Caleb Williams won the Heisman the year before. It gave everyone a full year of hype suggesting he would be the guy. Now, Drake May played really well early on, so Drake May entered that conversation saying, like, hey, this guy at this time, he'll be one of the top draft picks. But I don't think there's that same hype for next year as there is right now. No, not at all. And I guess in two years, you've got, you know, uh, Manning. Uh, the mini, if, he, if the, he ever plays, the mini Manning. Well, that's the thing. Like, if if Quinn Ewers decides to go back to Texas, what is Arch Manning going to do? Transfer? Or just you keep waiting. I mean, that's that's the way of the college quarterback now. 
no no one works for a gig. Everyone has to bounce to somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, Malachi nice, Nelson from USC is transferring, and he's they're, they're thinking he's going to go to Boise State. That's crazy. Like, you're leaving USC because you can't win the job it, because you're, you're going to go to Boise instead. I can think like, of a team really, in the serious? SEC that would need an upgraded quarterback, and I think the Alabama Crimson Tide would happily take Quinn Ewers or Arch Manning. Henry, uh, he's at Indiana University calling in. What's uh, up, Henry? Uh, Hi, well, thank you very much for having me, first of all. I just wanted to talk about this field situation right now. You know, going into this game, this is really make or break. Is he our guy or not? I'm rooting for him. I want him to do well. God forbid we lose and decide to move on. I kind of have a problem with us drafting a quarterback because when's the last time the Bears organization was able to develop a quarterback to a star caliber? Like, are we talking Grossman here? Like, I just, I just want to know what are your thoughts on... How well do you trust our Henry Grossman was not a star. He hey, he took us to a Super Bowl. Nope. He took yeah, us to uh, no. There, there's a defense that took him to no, a Super Bowl, D, and yeah. Devin Hester returns took him to a Super Bowl. Yeah, he cost the Bears a You're Super right. Bowl. The, the, again, answer, the answer to your question point. is they've never developed a quarterback. Jay Cutler was drafted by the Broncos. He was supposed to turn into an elite quarterback. He never quite got there. He was good. He just was never that great. Yeah. They've never had a quarterback they've developed. Never. Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, I'm... All right, thanks for the call, Henry. Appreciate it. You can listen to us on the ESPN Chicago app. Like Lewis in Columbus, Ohio. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Lewis? What's up, fellas? How you guys doing? We're good, man. Good. So, I wanted to get your guys' take. So, I see a lot of different articles and reports on, like, what potentially we could get back, uh, trading back with different teams. And I always see... Patriots and commanders, and I don't know how realistic that is because why would they trade for one spot when there's so many quarterbacks coming out of college that got a lot of really good potential? And I'm starting to wonder if we're going to have to trade back as far as with, say, the Raiders or in a position like that, and, and what could we realistically get? Yeah, it's a fair question. And I, I think that's where, uh, if we look back a couple of seasons ago, the draft class with Fields and Trevor Lawrence. There were five guys that were floated up there who were going to be top quarterbacks. Yeah. That's not how it plays out, right? Like, there were guys that were drafted. Trey Lance, no good. Zach Wilson, no good. Mac Jones, no good. Mm -hmm. They were all there. And it kind of felt like, besides Lawrence, everyone else had a different pick of who they thought was the guy. Right? Like, there were teams like the Jets that thought Zach Wilson was the best quarterback in the draft class. The Patriots thought it was Mac Jones. The Bears were lucky to get Justin Fields. Up, yeah. Trey Lance went early on to the 49ers, right? So I think with all of the options, I think this draft class that we're going to see in this uh, this upcoming spring, I think it's going to play out a lot like what we saw in that Lawrence Fields class because there's so many different options you can go with. I think that you have to hope that a team falls absolutely in love with Caleb Williams and thinks that there's a significant drop-off between Williams and then down to Drake May, Bo Nix, Jane Daniels, Michael Penix, right? And so because of that, and it's been reported by Jeremy Fowler, that the league believes that the Bears will be able to get two future first-round picks even if they stay in the top five. So if you trade to someone within that top five, however it ends up shaking out after today, 
that you could still get a first-round pick in 2025 and in 2026. That's why there's so many things to weigh here. Like, you can draft the quarterback one. You could reset your financial status. You could do all that good stuff, right? Like, you get five years of control of this quarterback. The fifth-year option will be more expensive, obviously. And you can reset that, and you can put a rookie quarterback so you can spend, even though you have the most cap space in the NFL right now, right? But if you trade it, you could get a first-round pick in 25, a first-round pick in 26, maybe another pick or two later in the draft, and then you set yourself up with two first-round picks for the net for th- three years in a row. And that's why today the most beneficial thing that could happen for the Bears franchise is Justin Fields goes out today, yep. plays really well, and convinces everyone he is worthy of keeping as your quarterback so then you can do what Abdallah just suggested, that you could trade back multiple times, collect tons of assets, and build around Justin Fields, and, le- and he proves that he's worthy of that. Yeah. Right? Like, the worst thing that could happen today, I, really, is the fact that we know after this game today that the Bears need a new head coach and that they need a new quarterback. Yep. But if Fields goes out there and plays well... That makes things so much easier going forward, and it really sets the Bears up to have a run, much like what we're seeing with San Francisco or Philly, where you really stack the roster with players who are not quarterbacks, who can be stars all over the field to help your quarterback. Mm -hmm. Because that's what you would do if you were able to move twice in the top 10 back and collect those first-round picks. That's exactly... You would be mimicking what the 49ers have been able to accomplish in the conference. That and then would you be could huge. throw whoever you want. You could throw Brock, Brock Purdy back there if you want to, if you have the best roster in the NFL. Or Abdal's guy, the uh, the Beijing. Oh, yeah, the Beijing. The, the Beijing. Oh. You can put the Beijing back there. We have Romo Dunes. <laughs> we have DJ Moore. We will uh, win the North. See you in the it end zone. It doesn't matter. Justin feels who? It is time. For the baguette. Black Doll, we're previewing Bears Packers. The new home of the Chicago Bears. It's, it's the game day tailgate show with Black and Abdallah on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. We're on until 1 o'clock today, getting you ready for Bears football. And then we have our network pregame show. Sylvie, Lance, and Dion. They'll get you set for Bears and Packers live from Lambeau Field. You'll hear Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer on the call of the game. Jason McKee will work the sidelines as we hope the Bears can upset the Packers today. We're taking your phone calls at 312-332-3776. We'll go to Bear Fan Bob in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin. What's up, Bear Fan Bob? Gentlemen, good morning. It was nice seeing you up there in Antioch. Yeah, uh, it was good to see you as well. Thanks for coming out. out. Yeah, so anyways, I I, I was thinking about your question, and I give this a lot of thought. Now, I'm not the greatest Justin Fields fan by any stretch of the word. I'm a fan of really developing Tyson Bajan. Right now he's a backup. Later on, we'll see. But that's topic for another day. What we need to do with Justin Fields, because I'm a season ticket holder and I go to every one of these home games, Mm I saw Justin Fields hit D.J. Moore in stride three times in a row. I have never seen Justin Fields hit anybody in stride before. When I saw that, it's like, 
where has this been all this time? And it's about time. He does this today, starts going at more because the Packers got nothing. This is a team that I watch is, is the Packers. You do that, and trust me, Jair Alexander can't beat D.J. Moore. They're going to win the game pretty easily as long as Mr. Fields doesn't turn into the slanty-eyed fling master or the slanty-eyed run master. Okay, manage the game. I think Justin Fields will have earned the right to play for next year for the Chicago Bears because it's really not in the best interest for them to trade Justin Fields for, for a number one draft pick. If you're going to do that, you better get a guy who's going to be better than him. And I am not real college savvy because I don't watch it, but I rely on what my friends tell me. I haven't seen or heard of any, anybody or anything that's going to be all that great that quick for the Chicago Bears. So let's see what we got. Let's hope for the best today. And everybody bear down and a belated Happy New Year and Happy Holidays to y'all. All right. Thanks, Take Bob. Care. Yeah. I, I don't know what he was calling uh, Justin Fields there. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, I'll say this. Justin Fields hitting DJ Moore in stride. It was really good to see against the Falcons game. Uh, in the back of the end zone, that throw they hit for the touchdown, that was awesome. That was a great throw. And, and hitting DJ Moore down the field multiple times, mm-hmm. like that's something that we need to see more of. It's a shame that essentially, and Darnell Mooney is not going to play today. He's out with a concussion. They've already ruled him out. It's a, it's a shame that no one else really stepped up. Cole Komet has been reliable. Yeah. But he's not a down-the-field target like we thought he would be. Well, and a wet and Robert, paper bag can tackle him. Well, and Robert Tunyon, you know, unfortunately, he had a couple of nice catches last week, but you missed the major one against the Browns, which would have changed this season. You know, if Tunyon catches that and runs into the end zone, the Bears beat the Browns, this is a playoff team. Well, what's crazy, too, this is, is like... playoff team if he catches that wide open, fields hits him, Great throw remember on they, the money. I mean, come on. Remember when they gave a bunch of money to Jimmy Graham? Like, Jimmy Graham has, like, five touchdowns this year. Something, well, yeah. like, something I mean, like that. Like, you need a, a... Like, I don't mind having the, quote, veteran tight end. Like, I know Robert Tunyon's not as old as Jimmy Graham, but um, you needed something like that. It is kind of a shame. It's more of a shame that I thought Mooney would step up a lot more. That Mooney would be a lot better player. I thought that that, you know... Justin Fields and DJ Moore had instant chemistry, and it was talked about a lot during training camp, and we've seen it on the field more recently. But before that, everybody was talking about how great of a chemistry that Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney have. And as soon as Darnell Mooney got moved down because they got DJ Moore and he no longer became the number one wide receiver here in Chicago, like we all kind of figured out what DJ Moore, what Darnell Mooney was. Like we all kind of knew Darnell Mooney was like a good number three wide receiver. And that's essentially what he became this year. He's not even a great number three wide receiver this year. But it was on his own accord of not yes. being able to complete plays. Yeah. Like There were multiple times where Fields found Mooney, and Mooney dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's why he's a three. He's a slot three. That's what he is. The Bears need a number two. And that's where you get back to the draft conversation. Mm-hmm. You can be in position to take Marvin Harrison Jr. and pair him with DJ Moore. I mean, that's exactly what you would want for a young quarterback, collecting solid assets for the players so then the players make plays for the quarterback. I know Justin Fields hasn't been great this season. There have been many games where he's been bad. Yeah. But, I mean, he's not really working with a whole lot, and people are going to say, hey, you guys are making excuses for the quarterback. I've watched the games. Robert Tunyon dropped a touchdown. Mm -hmm. Mooney, in the same game, 
Fields threw one in right past the defender, and, and Mooney gave it the alligator arms and didn't really want to go for the football, and he dropped it. Yeah, I mean, those are plays that accumulate throughout a season where you wonder why they can't convert on third down or score enough points in the fourth quarter, whatever the case may be. It's a problem, too, and I'm not comparing the Bears to the Chiefs, but like, what's the biggest knock on the Chiefs this year? They don't have wide wep- receivers who are not catching the football. They don't have weapons that's outside of Travis Kelsey. It's they don't have anything. Gonna, it's finally catching up to them, and yeah. they're no longer a team that's going to be hosting every round of the playoffs. They're going to have to go on the road. Teams need two stud wide receivers. You need a great number one wide receiver, and you need at least a solid number two wide receiver. I heard this on Friday. Cap and Jay Hood, weekday mornings right here on ESPN 1000. Uh, David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood, they're talking to Courtney Cronin, and Cap asked this to Courtney Cronin. Have you ever seen an athlete in this town who is more divisive and through no fault of his own? I have never, ever in my life seen it where if you give a a rational opinion, I think Caleb Williams or Drake May or Courtney Cronin would be better at quarterback, you get called some of the most vicious things ever. Have you seen it like this? Did you hear that, Abdallah, from Cap? The All most right. divisive player in Chicago sports history, and, I, and then going down the list. I mean, I heard uh, it out of players, and then they eventually went on to mention Jay Cutler and Derrick Rose. Which, when I heard Cap say this on Friday, I was like, "What are you talking about, Cap?" Jay Cutler was extremely more divisive than Justin Fields, mm-hmm. and on top of it, Derrick the Derrick Rose run in this city towards the end was highly divisive. Yeah. Justin Fields, this isn't divisive. It's just he hasn't played well enough to be the guy for the future. Everyone kind of likes him. He's a nice guy. He's a good teammate. They're like, yeah, I don't think Fields is divisive at all. Play, play that again real quick. David Kaplan, this is from Friday. Have you ever seen an athlete in this town who is more divisive and through no fault of his own? I have never, ever in my life seen it where if you give a, a rational... Right there. I have never, ever seen it in my life. Coming from the same guy that said it would not end well for those of us that were Mitchell Trubisky detractors. It would not end well for us because we were critical of Mitchell Trubisky. Same guy. Same guy. Screaming at us on a daily basis. Same guy. Over Mitchell Trubisky. The guy who had to apologize to every cat, bird, dog, whatever, about Mitchell Trubisky. Same guy says he's never seen a more divisive athlete in the city of Chicago. There's two playing right... I mean, there's one playing right now. Zach Levine, a couple years ago... Zach Levine is definitely more divisive than Justin Fields. We were we were yelling... We had full phones of people yelling at us saying, don't pay Zach Levine. Don't You don't need to do this. Don't pay Zach Levine. He's not a winner. He's not that guy. And guess what? He's not a winner. He's not that guy. I'm not saying trying to do an I told you so, but this is the like there there the five that I can think of right now are Cutler, yeah. Rose, yeah, uh, we just talked about him, Trubisky, and Justin Fields. Those are four that I can think of off the top of my head. Well, Fields isn't anywhere near as divisive as no, the others. No, he's at the bottom. Now, now here's the thing with Fields: Do people have different opinions about Justin Fields? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do some people think that he should get a chance or think that he can play uh, at a high level? Yeah, those people exist. I don't think anyone hates Justin Fields. No. People like Justin Fields. He's a very likable guy. I'll tell you what. People hated Cutler. 
And people definitely, towards the end with Derrick Rose, remember when Derrick Rose was saying that he didn't want to play? Yeah. Because he wanted to be able to go to his kid's graduation, so he he didn't want to practice, he didn't want to play for the Bulls? Like, people hated that. Yeah. People were very upset. I, I I don't see divisiveness at all. I think if you don't think Fields is the guy, that's your opinion. That's fine. He hasn't been good enough. No. It's right there. It's very obvious. He's a likable player, though. Mm-hmm. What is Cap talking about? The most ever in my life. Have you oh, ever seen an athlete in this town who is more divisive and through no fault of his own? I have never, ever in my life seen it where if you give a, a rational opinion, I think Caleb Williams or Drake May or Courtney Cronin would be better at quarterback you get called some of the most vicious things ever. Have you seen it like this? I, I just heard that on Friday, and I was thinking to myself as I was listening, like, this is a great topic because there are some good options in Chicago sports for divisive players. Yeah. And, like, the time after the 2010 NFC Championship game when Jay Cutler got hurt and what took place in the, the whirlwind of hot takes and opinions and anger that came out after that because people thought that Cutler just didn't want to go into the game because he had a frumpy face. Like, he was injured. Yeah. But, like, people were very upset after that. And the the Derrick Rose thing of not wanting to play when he was medically cleared to play was ridiculous. This is not that level at all with Justin Fields. And you're right to call out the, the thing with the Trubisky. It was obvious Trubisky couldn't play. And your opinion on Trubisky not being able to play was Captain screaming at us, telling us that it's not going to end well for us? Well, and then the other thing is with Cutler, like we, like I think people forget, and we remember this because we were here in the moment, right? We would come in to to produce shows at the time to full phone lines. All you had to do was say the words Jay Cutler, and people would call in to either bash the guy or support the guy for six months after that game, all the way until the next year's training camp. People wanted either to call in or support him. No other sport existed, essentially, because people wanted to call in and talk about Jay Cutler and why he didn't play at the end of the game or why it was okay that he didn't play at the end of the game. Now, do we all have strong opinions on Justin Fields? I think so. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think everyone has a good opinion on Justin Fields, whether you agree or disagree. Um, I don't know if Fields, though, is divisive, where people are, are very angry, upset, screaming at each other. Uh, telling you to take that, and it's not going to end well for you. But uh, if you disagree with us, we'll take those phone calls at 312-332-3776. Is Justin Fields the most divisive athlete ever in the history of my life? But if you disagree with us, it's not going to end well for you. Chicago Bears pregame. pregame. It's, it's the game day tailgate show with Black and Abdullah on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. Watching those Cat Williams videos, <laughs> like word for word, people stealing his bits. Well, the best is now. So if you haven't been paying it's attention, wild, Cat man. Williams uh, had an interview with Shannon Sharp, and it's gone crazy I can't get viral. Enough of it. I, yeah, I, I, I keep more, watching. It. One of the more underappreciated oh. comedians of all Dude, time. Dude, Cat Williams, he's, he's amazing. The, it's and, great. And Charlie, you do stand up, so. Uh, what's interesting to me because guys come through Zanies. You also work at Zanies, and, Zany- and guys come through Zanies and like, re- you know, before they put out a special, they'll do like their hour and like you know tweak it and whatever. The way Cat Williams does stand up, he doesn't tour. 
He just shows up, films a special, and like if the jokes bomb, then whatever. He doesn't care. He doesn't work on it. He just writes an hour, shows up, sells out an arena, does a couple shows for it's the amazing. special, and that's it. That's he's, what he does. He's a true one. Like him and uh, him and Bernie Mac don't get mentioned the way they probably Dude, should. Dude, Bernie's one yeah. of the best stand-ups well, of all time. Him pointing out everyone stealing from him and yeah. then Bernie and then the way that Steve Harvey acts to the others. Like, that's so, so, I, well, and I now can't the get video enough is showing it, the jokes that they stole and then their jokes and yeah. how close that they are. Oh, my God. But especially when the, like, the jokes that are being stolen were on like television. Yeah, They're, they were on sitcom television. <laughs> it, it's it's wild. It's great stuff. I I just can't get enough of it. Uh, Joe in Oak Forest, you're on ESPN 1000 with Black Hand What's up, Joe? Hey, what's going on? Well, with the last time, and I did see a lot of the stuff with Cat Williams saying, uh, like Cedric stole the bit with him. Yeah. Are you driving the car? Yes. But I actually gr- I grew up with um, uh, Bernie Mac's nephew in Elsa. He married my uh, my buddy's mom's sister oh, no so way. he would come to his basketball games all the time and the guy was just always funny always a great guy he came to a beggar's pizza party for his uh, nephew <laughs> and he, he paid for everything sat with the kids like super cool guy that's awesome that's I cool pretty max stand-up is hilarious oh he, he was so good like the old kings of comedy stuff yes but um but my thing was um I did have a question, um, but the first thing was just I didn't hear about the cat thing till you guys just mentioned it. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of that comes with Cap and his territory. Like, even if you don't agree, even if you do agree with him, he's going to get you to argue with him just the way that he is. So I think kind of some of that is coming from just the way that Cap is. Um, and then the other thing was this. Uh, do you guys think that uh, Caleb Williams is going to go, like, definitively number one or with all these other uh qbs i mean i feel like everybody else has kind of risen with last year being his like prime time year because he won the heisman i feel like this year was more of like a disappointment for him instead of like an equal um performance if not it should have been better or expecting him to win the heisman again um and especially like with this kid from i can't remember his name from uh like washington i know all all the other guys are well known yeah Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I know he, he has some flaws and stuff like that, but he's been balling outrageous. And if he plays good against Michigan, I feel like that's going to bring his stock up. Um, I just, I feel like Caleb Williams, he might not even go number one. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll have to find out throughout the draft process. And thanks for the phone call, Joe, that we appreciate it. We don't know at the moment. Yeah, you're right. Michael Penix tomorrow night could have a fantastic game, win the national title, uh, take down a Michigan team with an awesome defense. He's been, I think Penix has been the best quarterback in college football this season. Yeah. Caleb Williams did not play the way he did two years ago. He didn't. Uh, He has decent numbers, though. They're really good numbers. He threw for 30 touchdowns and five interceptions. USC didn't win games, though. They were bad. They were highly disappointing this season. Drake May also played for a team that didn't do anything either. And Drake May, on most draft boards, is the second top quarterback. So mm-hmm. we'll have to see how that goes throughout the draft process. Brendan in Clarendon Hills, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Brendan? Hey, hey I've been waiting for five years, Abdallah. Black, Black, I called and I said it's six years or you're going to be a star in this Oh, business. thank you. Abdallah, it's a long time, a long awesome. time to wait on holes. Well, I mean, there's no, a lot of development to, no, to no, take no, place. No, I, you know, I, we're, I we're on the I Justin Fields path. I don't call in, but um, I, I, I was the guy debating Kaplan years ago about John Lynch and, and Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy and uh, Kyle Shanahan and 
and his thing was Trubisky. I think the Bears need to do what they did last year. And Fields had three years of nothing with COVID, with injured, and then with a, a play caller who couldn't call plays. You give him one weapon. If what you did last year was was trade the pick, you wouldn't have Darnell Wright. You wouldn't have DJ Moore. If Marvin Harrison, Cole Komet, and DJ Moore, you could throw the ball to those three guys next year. And you know what? Fleece them just like John Lynch did the Caps boy Ryan Pace five years ago. That's how you build. And and and, and Abdallah, that was so awesome to hear because the guy was still p- promoting Mitch Trubisky coming in the other day. I couldn't. I almost crashed my car listening to this guy. Still pump Mitch Trubisky. Great kid. Not so great at quarterback. So, I mean, it's funny, but Caleb Williams, I'm sorry. Um, you know what? Did, 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 did USC miss Caleb Williams against uh, Louisville? I don't think so. So, you know, and anyway, lost, the guy baby. certainly – Yeah, and, and the guy certainly doesn't know the Chicago Bear history because to say I want part ownership of the Bears if I get drafted or the first or the team that picks me, does he know there's a guy named George McCaskey or – you know, Mike Warren calling the shots. That, that yep. That's not how we do it in Chicago. Unbelievable. But great, great listening to you two guys. I I knew you, you're funny as hell, and uh, I know you guys love to rip your old boy Cap because he is a, he's an old dog with his takes. Thank you, Brendan. Appreciate the phone call. <laughs> Welcome Dahl here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. We'll be back in two minutes. The new home of the Bears.